All right, welcome to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, the vet, Dwight, at 517-2214, joined again by the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, at SJ Basketball 8. SJ, we back at work. We back at school. How you feeling, family? I'm doing good, doing good. Can't complain. It's a new year. Um, it's our first pod of the year, so here's to many more episodes this year, and hopefully we can keep, you know, growing and blossoming. Like there we been. there we go. That's what's going to happen this year. It's the, it's the progress year. We was just playing around this last year, just learning the ropes, and this is the come up. But, uh, man, we are, uh, we going to, guys, we're going to do this episode a little different. Uh, just let y'all know we're recording this uh tuesday night and anyone that is listening to this is likely a Mavs fan and we know that you know our mvp our goat dirk warner Nowitzki is getting his jersey retired tomorrow so we're gonna break it up we're just gonna recap the last week of Mavs basketball give our two cents about what we think the Mavs are at and uh for the last part of pod man we're just gonna share our favorite dark memories um the reason why I think this is going to be unique is because y'all know I'm old. I literally remember watching the press conference with my dad when Dirk and Steve Nash got introduced with them crazy ass haircuts. And he plays so long, you know, as a young lady, she has a whole lifetime of memories with him as well. So I think it's just going to be interesting for me to get my two cents about the beginning and where we know it ended up at. If I asked you to give her memories about what she saw. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. Jump into the recap of the Mavs for the last week. Um, SJ, I'm going to let you start with the recap because I'm not going to lie to you. I literally always forget where <laughs> where the cutoff is at for when we uh, from when we recorded last. But we went three and two since we recorded last. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, sounds about accurate. We the last game we recorded was the was before the Metu buzzer beater, I believe. Right, right, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So yeah, that actually should I mean we went two and one then. Two and one, yeah. Two and one, yeah, because that would have been a five game winning streak. So starting with that game, um, the Sacramento Kings, uh, it was. I mean, it was a good game. We should have won. We shouldn't have lost them bums. Um, there was a lot of debate going back and forth about what should happen on that last play. My beef with that whole scenario situation wasn't even the defensive rotation because how tall is Metu? Was he like 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, yeah, he like 6'7". Like, even if Jalen Brunson would have rotated down, would have rotated, like, he wouldn't have saw him when he let that shot go anyway. So that was just... My issue was whatever the hell Jason Kidd had Jalen Brunson doing on the possession before. That was just horrible. And oh, yeah. Jalen Brunson was looking dead ass at Jason Kidd. So that was that was coach. That wasn't Jalen Brunson. That wasn't uh, tall man, number six, demanding the ball in that situation. That was a... That was coaching, man. That, that really disappointed me because that's one of the few games where I feel like Jay Kidd actually you know, lost us a game, quote unquote. It was a little disappointing, but it, it is what it is. I feel like we argued about it too much as a fan base. 
because they they not that good, but they got talent. I just I'm upset by it because we just should have won, and we need as many wins as we can get. What did What did you think? Yeah, I um, it's funny because I right after the game, like I mean everyone was joking when we choked away that final offensive possession. Um, everyone was saying. Ah, uh, they should score three because they they don't deserve to win. <laughs> when I oh, saw that, three, oh oh oh, I said it. That was me. I said it too. <laughs> yeah, I every everyone was saying it because we were. Yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. And literally immediately as that three went in, I I turned off <laughs> everything and I went straight to bed because <laughs> it was a it was a late game. I was like, I knew there were gonna be debate. Everyone was gonna be, you know, like. Come, you know, debating about the final defensive position. I just stayed out of all of that. I'm like, listen, eat that yeah. L. That was a well-deserved, you know, well-deserved L's. I feel like that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Very well-deserved. So I was like, eat that. <laughs> you know, there's nothing I could do about that. There's nothing y'all could do about that. It was a um, poor defensive possession. First of all, starting with Frank. Um, I know he kind of got, got off scot-free in the discussion. People were talking about um, Brunson not rotating and, um, all this mess but i feel like frank um definitely he was the one that kind of messed up a bit at first because like why are you pressing up on darren fox at half court like are you crazy this is darian fox you know this is fox he's quick as hell so as soon as he got beat it was a wrap like getting beat like that like powell people are saying powell why you know just let him take the layup you know let him take the layup blah, blah, blah. but like at the end of the day you are it's ingrained in these players to not give up an easy, you know, layup at the rim, regardless yeah. of the situation. There's too much programming over exactly. years of basketball to just be like, yeah, just let him get the layup. Exactly. So it's just like, to me, it's like, it was just, just a bad defensive possession. And it shouldn't have even, we shouldn't have been in the possession where they should have been winning the game like that because we shouldn't have wasted the offensive possession. But it was what it was. Um, I didn't. It was. I wasn't freaking out about it or anything of that nature because we. I knew we got them again the next game. So it's like, okay, how are you gonna respond? Are you gonna try to redeem yourself? Um, what's gonna happen? And what happened was, they redeemed themselves in a big way and ended up blowing them out. So it kind of shows that. Um, kind of shows we're definitely better than this team. Um, and that's where um, you know, if you look at the standings in the west like you it's kind of um i mean every year this is the case but this season especially at this point you see the tiers so it's like you got the you know top team suns um cat cats i was about to say because <laughs> i'm watching them right now but the suns the jazz and the warriors they're like the top teams in the west and then from like you know the denvers of the world um, us lakers um even the clippers we were kind of like the next tier, all bunched up together. And then you kind of have the, and I forgot Memphis too. And then you have like the playing teams, like Minnesota, the Kings and all that. So it's clear that we're a step above those teams, you know, like the Minnesota, the um, Kings, but we're not, we're definitely not near, <laughs> you know, Golden State or anything. But I think we're right in there with, um, you know, Lakers and them. So I was encouraged by um, that blowout, especially since we were still without Luca at that point and I was I've been encouraged by what I saw in that little stretch when Luca you know went out with the the second um ankle like turn and protocols because they've they've played great you know I I said it on the last pod I'm not gonna 
get back into it. But I just, you know, I feel like those guys can get credit, like regardless of the record. Like, of course, you would have wanted them to win more. You can't knock them for what they've been able to do. They brought our net rating up. Um, defensive rating is looking immaculate. Um, you know, the offense is still a struggle, but I'm, I'm realizing that that's just Jay Kidd's, you know, coaching style. Like, we're not going to be a dominant, like, offensive team under him. Um, but I've, I've been encouraged by what I, I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, to kind of touch back on something you brought up, like, I do feel like Frank got off scot-free, and I know some people were kind of saying, well, Frank had him, was on his hip. I, I hate to say, I feel like if Dwight doesn't rotate over, Frank was, he's De'Aaron Fox, he's a good player, he can finish at the rim. I feel like that would, he was as likely as, Frank was as likely as committing to and one. I was about to say. And, <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like an and one was definitely happening if Dwight didn't rotate, and we I just that was just bad all around. That's just something I've seen. And it was like when Frank was on the sip. I'm like, I know Frank got a really long wingspan. That's still De'Aaron Fox going to his left, like going to his strong hand. I, I don't, I didn't, I don't like our chances. I didn't like his chances in that. But uh, just the, the the game after where we blew him out, we beat the brakes off of him. That's the, that's the that's the shit I like to see. Like I like. Okay, a team lost. You know they was talking spicy. You just come out and you beat the brakes off of them, and you know Dwight, uh, Dwight Powell even played a good game. KP played a good game. Everybody we needed to play a good game played a good game, and it, it was just good to see. Uh, I really, really, it's kind of something I touched on, but we've been touching on for the last couple episodes. Is hey man, I, I don't know. This, this defense might be real. Um, I've been wanting to, you, you said it on the timeline and I, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic and I'm trying to, cause I feel like our corner of Twitter has been like super negative and it's, some of it's been justifiable, but for us to be where we at in the West, what is mid as the West has been, I, you know, people was talking about tanking. I'm like, bro, we, we not bad enough to tank. Like, it's just, it's not realistic. I think the tanking, like, the, those are, like, jokes. At least from, the, like, the people. I think I, you like, were joking, but I think there were a lot of people that were dead ass about that. For real. I really do. In fact, I was in a space where people were legitimately, like, trade everybody. Really on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was always a joke. Like, even when, um, like, even when we were, like, 0-3 at that point without Luca. Even then, we weren't bad. It wasn't like we were getting, like, just dogged in those matchups. We were still competing in those matchups, you know? So I just, I knew we weren't, like, that bad to, like, legitimately tank. I was just being, you know, dramatic because I wanted, you know, more talent, like, injection. But um, other than that, I mean, yeah, we're just not bad enough. And I get your point about being a bit more optimistic, um, given that, Things have been encouraging. Um, the fact that we're tenth in defense right now is just nice. And it, nice, and it Not matches even the eye test too. Yeah. Like last year, remember we started off like fourth. And we were fourth for like a couple weeks, and it looked good, but like that was shot. Just, yeah, it just felt like fake. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that feeling. Like we have legitimately been good, and it's funny because when Luca returned, um, we haven't really touched on that, but 
Luca returned in the OKC matchup. Mm-hmm. And that was like a you know nice little easy game, I feel like, for him to come back and the swing of things and all that. And I was really looking out for the defense. And I low-key wish we played um, a better team um, for his first game back because it's OKC. You know, they're going right. to score and all that. So I wasn't looking too much at the defense there. But we still played a good defensive game. But immediately, like, literally within the first two minutes of the game, Luca gave up, like, an open corner three. Oh, yeah. Aaron oh, yeah. Wiggins. And I was just like <laughs> – Yup, I was like, there it is. Like, I was like, yeah. there it is. And um, I was worried about that. Granted, it, it he didn't give up too many too much more. I think on a couple positions later, OKC ran like a similar play, and Luca actually got to his closeout and Wiggins missed. So I was like, there you go. See what happens when you put effort <laughs> into actually like closing out. But um, I was a bit nervous for it. But then the Denver game, I was really encouraged because he was, you know, you know, he's still not, he's not, I'm not expecting him to be like a lockdown guy or anything like that, but he was much better. Um, defensive energy was much better. He was in the passing lanes uh, and he was not just abandoning his like man too. So that was great to see. So, I mean, I'm intrigued to, I mean, Tim was awful defensively and I feel like kid knew he only played 22 minutes. Like Tim is not playing much. Like, and I think he had like, the worst plus minus, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. when I checked the box score, yeah, no, he did. This, yeah, I was like, this checks out. Like, he looked like the worst player for us on the floor. Like, even though, even when he got, you know, a couple shots to go down and, you know, he had the dunk, you know, no, that was cool, but he was just all got off the defensively. And I think, I think he's falling out of favor um, in Dallas. I can't lie. Like, if you look at his minutes, granted, he just got back, but. Look at his minutes. He they're playing him less and less, and he's not even thought about for closing out games anymore. So <sighs> I am intrigued to see what they do with him at the trade deadline if they move him. I was advocating it, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think I, if he doesn't get moved at the trade deadline, I really think he's gone in the offseason. If I like did, this continues, where he has a bad season, that I agree with. I think. Because you can, ju- he's just not a Jason Kidd player. Like we yeah. now, we now know Jason Kidd has a type. He likes the long dudes that can play defense and pass the ball. Probably, ironically enough, can't really shoot just like him. But he liked them dudes. Like those big guys are a priority. He prioritizes. He probably prioritizes defense over offense, in my opinion. Yeah. And God bless Tim Hardaway. I love Tim, but Tim. Tim is just so bad defensively, and I can't figure it out because he's, you know, Lucas, some of Lucas' flaws are focus and athleticism, but Tim's a decent athlete, and he's not a small dude. A guard to be as big as he is and as good of an athlete as he is to be that bad defensively, dude dead ass be, like, spinning in circles. He has <laughs> he no be- defensive IQ. Yeah. He just doesn't know what to do. Like, off the ball, he's... He, he became, knows where to be. Yeah, and it's just like, fam, he, he's one of the most uh, veteran dudes on the team. and He he makes so many mistakes, and I feel like there, if you like, if you pay attention to even, like, before he went out, like, KP has to tell him where to be at a lot, and it's just, I think that's just the Tim Hardaway experience. I think at this phase of his career, I don't think that's changing, and that's just something we're going to have to process, but um, 
you know, and actually, let me put it out there. We went three and one since we last recorded. So uh, the OKC game, Luca came back. Uh, my two cents on that is I was so happy to see my son back. He's a little hesitant. He wasn't really trying to score. He was just trying to pass the ball. Um, coming off that COVID, yeah, he, you know, he he was basically saying his lungs burned and you could tell he wasn't really feeling it, but I was just happy to see him playing basketball. I forgot how much I enjoyed watching him play basketball. Like it's a, it, it really, really is fun. And I was happy to see my guy back. He had a, you know, he's a little hesitant, but uh, we, OKC stinks. We, you know, played, I, 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 it feels so weird because we haven't been a defensive team and, like, I, I shit you not, I don't, I know we were, like, 11th in uh, defense when we won the championship, and I think, like, maybe the highest we've been since we won the championship was, like, maybe 12th or 13th, so I legitimately don't remember the last time the Mavericks were ninth in defensive efficiency and, like, third in points given up per game. Like, I, y'all know I'm old, and I usually have a pretty good memory about where the team was at historically. And I, I don't remember when we've been this good defensively. I don't I don't think we were ever this good defensively in the dark air. I really don't. I'll confirm it later, but this is this is different. This is something that's t- taking being getting used to because we've been so offensive. Like our whole team was built to maximize offensive efficiency and we played the most passive, weakest defensive scheme ever and we gave up a lot of points and we scored a lot of points and it's the inverse now but um the game last night uh i i I love the game i love that we got your boy up out of there i love joker as well but that's your that's your guy you know that's your favorite guy that they don't play for our mavericks Maybe next to Giannis. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. What'd you say? You you cut for you cut for Joker more than Giannis? That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joke, Joker above Giannis. Um, I I would say LeBron is second. He's still second, and then Yoke is just like a close, like really oh, okay. right behind LeBron. Yeah, I I just I feel like a lot of people were like poop pooing last night because they were hurt. I mean, but. That team they got that took the floor for them last night is pretty much going to be their team, like, the rest but of the season. People are just – it's funny because HP – and it's funny because he we've mentioned him so many times on this pod. But, like, yeah. he's a, he's like a real Denver homer. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And it's funny because uh, he, he does this thing where he puts, like, a lot of faith in the team. And, you know, why wouldn't you? It's your team. And then when they, you know, lose or something, he backtracks and says, well, hey, they were this and they were that. I bet if you ask him, who's going to finish higher, Denver or the Mavericks? He's going to pick Denver. Like, even with this being their team, he's going to pick Denver. He, he picked them to be higher. Um, he had us. Yeah, yeah. He, he had us. Was it? Ninth, yeah. It was ninth. Yeah, yeah. He, picked yeah, he had his ninth, right? And, yeah. and that, yeah, that's Kurt's boy. And Kurt's been defending him. And he's like, well, uh, and it's funny because we ain't heard anything. About the damn, nah, I'm not gonna get into that right now. But yeah, yeah. That's a recording.
Yeah, and I feel like like HP picked us ninth, and yeah, whenever Denver loses, uh, he he always backtracks, and he I bet if you asked him before the matchup, who would you pick to win? He would have said Denver, and because they didn't win, it was all like, oh, they beat a you know depleted Denver squad with this this that and the third. And I'm like, just take the L, <laughs> you know, just just take the L. So um. Yeah, I it's, it's it's I I know they were a bit depleted, but it was still a good win for us. Definitely still a good win for us, especially given that um they're still they still had Jokic, and it's funny because I feel like I feel like everyone and I feel like we said this on the pod too before, but people just overreact to Powell, like and I'm like this is not like last season when he started the year you know coming back from that Achilles and he looked horrible. And like he, yeah. they kept shoving him down our throats. That was different to me. Granted, it we might have been a bit harsh because yes, he was coming off an Achilles injury, and he's an athlete that relies on you know athleticism and all that. So we could have given him a bit more slack, but that it was warranted what we were saying about him last year. But this year, he's gotten so much hate, and I'm like, have you ever watched Powell this year? He has not been bad. You talk to him. And you talk, uh, you talk to them, and you know if you let mass fans tell it, you think he's like the worst um guy in the league. He's not even the worst starter in the league. If we're keeping it a hundred, he's not. Oh. So it's it's I'm like y'all are overreacting to him, like for real. And people, you know, you defend him, they call you like a Powell stan or whatever. And I'm like, what's the, the first of all? Is that supposed to be an insult? I'm you know saying something positive about a guy on my team (laughs) like are you crazy but he has not been bad every time we about we're about to face like you know a good big or something the tweets are oh this so-and-so you know this player is going to destroy power the amount of tweets that i saw yesterday about how Jokic was going to destroy power and i mean i get it Jokic is the mvp power is not like a great defensive player like one-on-one in the post against bigs but he did a damn good job granted it was a team effort on Jokic um in last in the game last night um and everyone played good defense Maxi was phenomenal just defensively he was just amazing and um Powell did his job too so I'm like give the guy like cut him some slack like I feel like like I don't know why but people are just Mass fans are just afraid. I don't know if it's like fear or what, but they just don't like to give some of these dudes credit. And I'm like, is this, it, it won't kill you. It won't kill you to say he played well and he played good defense on a big. I feel like the only big that really like killed him this year was Cat. And that was only in like one matchup or two, in like the first matchup. Like I can't rent it on my memory might be on. Um, I'd be a bit bad, but yeah, Cat is the only big I feel like that really like killed him. I think there's so much. Dwight Powell is such a. It's hard to have nuance with the, with the conversation around him, um, because he had like last year when he came back off that Achilles. I can't figure out why they kept giving him minutes. He was the worst player I saw that got minutes when he first got. Like he was what nine months off an Achilles tear, eight months. Yeah, and he's a run. Yeah, yeah, he's a run jump big. And Rick Carlisle had his ass out there twenty twenty five minutes tonight. Like shit was sweet. And I'm just like, bro, you you you. 
you're doing him a disservice, not just the team. You're you're making him look bad trotting him out there like that. But he was all right towards the end of the year, and this year he's been solid. Now, is he overpaid? Yes. Um, that's something else that comes up. And to me, even that conversation is a little disingenuous because Dwight Powell didn't get the contract he got post-Achilles. You know what I mean? Like, to, after a duel tears Achilles and loses his greatest asset, it's unfair to say, he makes this much money. Ah, like, come on now. Like, that's kind of that's kind of unfair. Was he overpaid? Healthy? Yeah, but he wasn't. You know, he was probably like a six, seven million, six or seven million dollar a year player. He's Mason Plumley level dude, Daniel Tice level dude, and now they're they're getting like eight million. That, that's that, that's what I'm saying. He's comparable to them dudes. Yeah. Low key, a lot of people want Daniel Tice right now, and I'm like. Mm. He's the same as Dwight Powell. They provide the same thing. I don't, once again, we're not going to be dismissive of people's opinions in 2022. <laughs> but sometimes I see stuff on the timeline and I just say, y'all don't be watching these guys. There's no way y'all watch these guys on the teams they own and say, we want these guys in Dallas over the players we got. But I want to get into that. We It's a new year. We're not going to tell people they ain't watching these guys. We're going to keep it pushing. But Dwight Powell's not. I think he's a decent rotational big. I actually, I think they're going to trade him in offseason, and I do not think it's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a, a negative value contract. I think they're going to trade him because they, I don't think Jalen's going anywhere. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Jalen Brunson will be here for forever and ever um, unless he totally collapses in the playoffs. And even then, I, that probably mean, that probably even make Get, uh, raises the likelihood that he's going to be here moving forward even more because that means the price is going to go down and that he's really not going to go anywhere. But I don't think Jalen's going anywhere. I don't think Dorian's going anywhere. And I don't think they're going to pay them luxury tax. So you got to cut some bread somewhere. And I think Dwight Powell on an expiring deal, hell, you might even be able to get something. You might even get like a second round pick to take him off. Yeah. Your hand. That's the thing. I don't really think he's a negative. Um, like asset, even at the moment, is he overpaid? Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument there. But like you said, he's only really overpaid if you look at it by like maybe three million. And three million, granted, I do not have that. So I'm not right, right, right. That's yeah. that's just like you know, it's some pocket change. I'm not saying that, but look at who we're talking about, billionaires, you know, owners, all that. Yeah. Um, it is probably pocket change. <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't think his contract, the reason why I don't care about how much money he makes and I've never cared about KP's money is because if you look at the resources we've had their contracts have never negatively impacted we've had a max slot two of the last three off seasons and didn't shit come from it so let, let them dudes get paid it ain't my money we weren't doing shit we wouldn't we didn't do shit with that money anyway now moving forward I want the full mid-level exception I want you know as much as I, I don't mind spending Mark Cuban's money, it's kind of hard to ask him to spend deep into the tax for a team that's probably a first round out. So if now is the time where I understand their, how much money they make actually does impact the quality of the team. So that's why I think Dwight is gone. But anyway, the um, 
cool little recap for last week. Uh, I do want to just give my general opinion of the team overall. Um, I know I'm old. I'm almost 40 years old. I'll be 40 years old here. It's right around the corner. So I'm old, right? I get it. And I'm that old head that likes defense. One of the one of my issues with the conversation around Jason Kidd and just the team as a whole was there's a lot of complaining about the offense and the defense got better. And then me and you have talked about this on the timeline. We've talked about it on the pod. A championship team has to be top 10 on offense and top 10 on defense, right? So in my opinion, being, what were we, eighth, were we ninth last year or eighth? I don't remember. I don't remember what we were offensively last year. We were eighth or ninth. We were good, right? Okay, but I know we were 22nd defensively. Yeah. And I just know that shit don't mean nothing. It's more, that's an entertaining team. And we can lie to ourselves about how far that's really going to go. And what we could, we almost beat the Clippers. Okay, we didn't. And even if we did, that wouldn't mean shit because the teams that are that bad defensively don't go far in the playoffs. It's not my opinion. That's just the facts. Uh, And if you look at it, even you look at like the Hawks last year, the Hawks offense is better. The Hawks are third offensively in defense this year and offense this year. But they have, they were like, I think 13th in defense last year. And that's why they were quote unquote a real team. You know, I feel like they probably went around too far because they ran into the Ben, they took advantage of the Ben Simmons meltdown. But still, they did what they did. They made the Houston Conference Finals. The reason why they, man, I don't know if they make the playoffs this year is because they stink defensively and defense might be a playing team. Yeah. Yeah, playing team. Yeah, but they were we they, they were the fifth seed and made the Eastern Conference Finals and brought back everybody. And these are they brought they only brought back everybody. They brought back young dudes and their best player has got better. And they stink. They've got worse because defense matters, man. And we as a as a our team has been so bad at we haven't been a real defensive team since we won the championship and i think so many people are not used to looking at us this way and i'm not gonna lie to you Esther. i don't know how the hell they doing it because it's not smoking mirrors like they play defense they actually do different they, i said but, it last year the scheme's different like i said last year like when they were harping on you know being better defensively and they had all those gimmicks with the belt and all that i said it preseason. i said if the schemes are the same then what are we talking about? Because it's like, you know, and they played again, they played the same scheme. Granted, KP couldn't move. So it wasn't like he was going to do something different. The only time the defense last season looked like, after that fluky start, um, the only time the defense looked like good was um, when KP wasn't playing and we could play more aggressive. Uh-huh. Um, so this season, he can move now. He, he's, you know, he's not like a liability or anything. We're playing more aggressive. Um, it, it looks better. Like this, the scheme is different. So yeah. Yeah, it just looks a lot better. And I, this is my take, and this is how I feel. This is probably the most optimistic I've been as far as where this is headed. Because if, like, there's a base to work there. Because Lucas missed shit. 
38% of the games. He's missed almost 40, that's 48, almost 40% of the season. That's four out of 10 games. Our best player by far ain't been here. And he's a, he, you know, he, when Luca's right, he's one of the best three or four offensive players in the NBA. And that dude ain't been there for four out of 10 games. So to me, all, the offense is going to come around. I don't think we'll get back to ninth, eighth or ninth, but I think we what 17th right now. Something like that. Yeah. We're 17th right now. Dude, if you can give me, I don't know. We stay top 10 defensively and get up to like 11, 12. Hey man, that's the team that actually can have the expectations that we lie to ourselves that we thought they would the last few years. That's the team that has the backbone because that's, let's be honest, man. The reason why we've been competing in these games without Luca and KP and it's been Jalen Brunson versus the state of Utah and shit like that is because they play defense. Defense travels. Defense shows up. And that I, I think uh, it's because they're mostly the same dudes we've had for so long. I think it's taken people a long time, including myself. I'm not saying I'm smarter or better than any of y'all because I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, dog, Luca and Jalen Brunson ain't guard nobody. But I got I'm I'm optimistic, SJ. I really am. I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I just wanna make a little an, ancillary move on the margins and just play this out. Just don't do nothing. One of my fears, though, is if we I, – I, I put it on Twitter. I put it on the timeline. I do think we're about to go on a run. It's going to make a lot of people overreact. Uh, I, I'm going to be one of them. I could be doing it already. But one of my fears is that they go for, like, an all-in move <laughs> because we're, like, fourth in the West and, like, Jeremy Grant becomes available for two first-round picks and, like, Tim Hardaway Jr., and they do it. And we still end up where we would have ended up anyway. That's one of my, and then we're just stuck with Jeremy Grant and the dudes we got now. That's one of my fears. But if that happens, let's cross that bridge when we get there. That's some of my uh, having that feeling and speaking that out loud is some of the shit I, I get mad at other people for for being negative. So we we just gonna take it as they come. I like where the team is at. I like where we're headed. My son is back. He he. He was out there diamond. He looked like he can play defense. I like where we at. What do you how you feel? Um, I mean, I'm a little less optimistic than you are. Like, I just don't see the offense getting near top ten because if you if we stay top ten defense and if we get close to top ten offense by not rule, but like kind of by you know rule of thumb, we're a contender. And I just don't see this team getting to contender status with the pieces right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't see the offense. I, I think the defense can stick, um, especially if Tim is just playing less and less minutes. Um, yeah. But I just don't see the offense, like just how Jason Kidd wants to play on offense. And I just don't see it being like, us or offensive rating, like skyrocketing. I think it might get, it definitely, might get better but not well, to the point where it's it's 10 11. like i could see us best being like you know middle of the pack we're kind of already in the middle of the pack just slightly below um average but i see us being like an average offensive team just the way how he wants to play so yeah. because i just can't i can't allow myself to get tricked again <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's really just what it comes down to. Like, I'm hesitant <sighs> because I don't want to look goofy again. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. This is the same team. You know, we're trying to trick ourselves, thinking that these guys is, you know, it's going to be different this time, this is and the third. But it's really the same team. You know, yeah. seven seed for the past, like, three or so years. I know last year it was technically fifth seed. We're really the seventh seed. Let's be right. real. Yeah, um, so, we was the fifth seed on the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, it's just like, um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I will enjoy the season because, like I said, my expectations aren't too high. So whatever happens, you know, like I'm not gonna. Honestly, I'm really not gonna be too, you know, high or low about anything. But um, I hope. I just hope they at least try to do something at the deadline. Like even if it all falls apart. And we don't get anyone. Like I want reports saying that yeah. the Mavericks were talking to you know this person to try to get this and this. Like I want that because it shows me, hey, at least they were trying, and they don't literally believe that this team is close and it's you know internal development and young guys. Yeah. Like, I really hope that's just something they tell the public. You know what I mean? Because I don't expect them to come out and trash a team like what um. I know you quoted it earlier today to another Tra- Tra- Travis Slater. Yeah, yeah. saying how maybe it was a mistake to bring guys back. We don't have to get aggressive at the deadline and all that. That could cause issues. And I'm never he, great. He, I don't want my GM doing that. I don't want my GM doing no, that. No, no. He may have cooked their season. Their season was on the precipice anyway, and it might be done because like they're bad, but it ain't like dudes is out there loafing. It's just the truth is coming out. Yeah. And I mean, it's kudos to him for being honest. I mean, I'm sure some um, Hawks fans appreciate the honesty, but I mean, for me personally, I don't want my GM or anything. And this kind of happened last year. I forgot who it was, but a GM came out and was like, <laughs> this team is ass. And I said last year too, that I don't want the GM doing that because it's just going to cause more unnecessary issues. Like, if you really, like, you could talk all the corporate stuff about, like, that's when, when people were upset about Nico being on the broadcast, not saying much of anything. I'm like, what do you expect him to say? I know. You know what I, mean? people, I was impressed about that. Yeah, people, people, we we are, whine, we're a whiny bunch, man. I'm not going to hold you. And we are. <laughs> uh, we're fans, though. Yeah, we, it, it is. And, you know, people get mad when Mark Cuban did it. And then also enjoy when Travis Slink did it. And it's like, hey, man, that's kind of, they did the same thing, right? Like, you're kind of picking and choosing it. I'm going to be honest. I've seen some people say he uh, he's gained a benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, eh, has he? Has he? Because, I mean, he's been the GM for, what, five years now? Four years? They made the playoffs once, and they're, yeah, I think it's a coin flip if they make it this year. If I don't know, to me, making the playoffs is you play a seven-game series. Like, I don't count you lost in the play-in as making the playoffs. So, you know, they like a coin flip right now. And do they have some very tradable pieces? But until those tradable pieces turn into something tangible, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And J- Cam Reddish is good, but I feel like people overrate how good he actually is right now. And I don't know, man. I look at that team and look, I would have liked Bogdan Bogdanovich. I would have liked uh, 
even Gallo. Hell, I think we almost traded for Gallo, as a matter of fact. We he just didn't agree to the money. But the contracts is kind of ass now. And it's kind of, you know, they done paid John Collins. Low key, I said John Collins was a bad contract. He's been playing. He's been balling. He's got better. His counting stats ain't showing it. But I was disrespecting him a couple weeks ago. I really sat down and watched him. He's 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 still a bad I don't want to say he's a bad defender. He's better than he was. He still ain't good enough for me, in my opinion, for how much money he makes. But I just I don't know if unless you package all them young players up and DeAndre Hunter has played like what 40 games in the last two years. So how much value does he have? And then you got Cam Reddish and what other trade assets do they really got? For real. I mean, they do have trade assets. I do think they, you know, pick, you know, they still have their picks, um, I believe, and they But people are arguing that the dudes they got around, and I think Cam Reddish will get a nice return, I do. Yeah, Cam Reddish is definitely at the yeah. very least will get them one like one first round pick at the very least. And I think that's like a minimum like package. Yeah. yeah. But I don't get I think they need like a player. They need to turn Cam Reddish into a guy that is what Cam Rogers is going to be in three years. I, I don't think they um want to – I mean, granted, I don't know if they're still shopping him because he looks okay, but um, I don't know if they want to – or even if they get a player, I feel like the, if they want a player back, the package has to be bigger than just Cam Reddish. They might have to yeah. do a, um, like a two-for-one thing because Cam Reddish, the reason why they were looking to shop him – one, it's just the bag. One, they don't want to pay him, and two, they have a lot of wings, um, mm-hmm. and minutes are just not there for these guys to like, you know, play and really develop and all that. But right now, they're in a sticky spot because Hunter's hurt, and he's like showing signs of being, you know, not injury. I don't, I don't want to tack on like the injury prone label um, on a guy, especially this early. But you know, he's he's been injured, so you know, having another wing in Cameron is that can provide a lot of the things that. Um, Hunter could provide is um, good, but um, I don't know. I think um, I think right now is um, I just I they're they're an interesting. It's interesting to see what they'll do because I do think they have something to make a splash if that's what they really want. Like they could be a they're looking like a to me like a dark horse team for like um. Granted, I don't think the Pelicans are moving him, but like a Brandon Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> like or something like that like just to shake it up get more star power in there um so like you said john collins is great but he's not he's not um the star and it's clink of sure isn't so it's really like what happened like, is is clint just hurt because he just stopped playing defense and he was the reason why their defense was there yeah i don't he has to be hurt he has to be hurt and I, I, I like sit him down he's just he just don't look like the same dude don't play him. That's the thing. He's had a foot problem. Like even when he got to Atlanta, remember he didn't play. Like when he was the tra- he was a trade deadline move all those seasons. Yeah, ago, he, and he and didn't he play didn't the rest play. of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm, because of a foot thing, and then he start last season. He started the season. Um, he didn't start the season last year. I remember because of the foot again. Mm. And this season, I don't think he started this season either. Even if he did, he like missed games really early because of a foot again and granted I don't know if this is the same foot um, but I remember him having foot issues so I don't know 
if those foot issues are really bothering him to the point where he can't play defense because Clint Capella has always been like a defensive guy. So I don't buy that he just all of a sudden forgot how to play defense. Um, so I think that foot might be bothering him. And if that's the case, granted, he's been great for them, but I'm low-key moving on from Clint <laughs> like, or something because you have a Congo in the cut. Granted, he's not ready yet. I don't think he's like ready yet. But you still have him, and if you're willing to do what um, Memphis did, and you make moves banking on internal development, I think that could be intriguing for them at the trade deadline or off season, depending on where they are at the trade deadline. Um, if they're still close enough with the guys they have, I think they should just kind of ride it out. Um, but if they're bad, they might sell some pieces and retool in the off season to either try to get more assets to bank on um, internal development or make a splash. So they're, they're an intriguing team to, to watch. Yeah, they, they are because it, it, they can make a trade and be held. I mean, Trey, geez, man, Trey is on his shit. He is killing dudes. Um, I know he's not good defensively and that's why they're so bad this year is because Clint Capella isn't Clint Capella and Deandre Hunter and, you know, Cam Reddish, he's a good man defender, but he ain't like a, how can I explain it? He's not a, Clay Capella is like a system defender. Like Clay Capella at his best is going to almost single-handedly raise your defensive rating. And I don't think Cam Reddish, and even DeAndre Hunter, when he was on his shit, was on that level too, but he's just been hurt. So I think all their Trey Young's defensive problems is being exposed and they the third best offense. Hell, they might. I don't know. They were third before they went nuts last night. They might have moved up. I don't know. But they're going to be an interesting team because they could make a move and be right there with anybody. Or they could they could spiral because they got a lot of dudes. Trey's, Trey's money kick in. They extended Capella. So it might not be that easy to get off of them. John Collins getting the bag. And to me, I'm paying. I'm not trading Cam Reddish unless it's for a star. Like, and I don't even, I don't even think he's that good. Like, I'm not super high on Cam Reddish as most people are, but he's shown me enough to where I'm not, I'm not going to just, I'm going to play that out. I'm going to play the restricted free agency game with him before I dump him for just a, a better piece or even draft picks. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, that'll be interesting. Um, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we get into our we get into our guy? No, sir. Okay, so the final, I guess, uh, section of the show, we just gonna share, I guess, top two or three favorite dark moments. Um, you know, as I've it's kind of the whole theme of this pod. Um, old SJ is only twenty two. I remember, like, the I was old enough and lived in the internet age and the league passed being a widely available age to experience Dirk's whole career. It, um, Dirk's my favorite athlete ever. Um, it's not even close. It's not – it's it, no one – it's not close. The only guy I got close is I'm a Texas Longhorns football fan, maybe Vince Young, but it's still different with Dirk. Because the, the reason why I love Dirk so much, and this is probably 
the opposite of where I guess fanhood and how we view heroes and athletes, you know, because Michael Jordan is the standard, you know, Michael Jordan never failed. He went six for six in the finals. He was like a, a basketball robot. Right. And even when he lost, you can never say it was Mike's fault. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love Dirk personally so much is he was vulnerable. He was a regular dude that had regular dude problems. Uh, he, he, he had hell. He got got by a chick that was plotting on him. Hey, it happened to the best of them. It happened to Dirk. Like to me, that didn't, that wasn't a sign of weakness. It's like, Hey, players mess up. You know, it, it happens. And just speaking on him as a athlete as a whole, and like Dirk was in the public eye for 21 years. There's not a soul that ever has anything negative to say about Dirk. Everyone that's ever come across Dirk, everyone that's ever met Dirk has nothing but positive things to say. Um, I did meet Dirk one time. Uh, it was actually, it was within the first three months I moved to Dallas. Uh, they had this w weird event at the AAC to where you had to fill out like a whole bunch of ballots, all-star ballots. Uh, I remember the all-star game was in Phoenix um, because I, I got a t-shirt they were giving away and that's what I had Dirk sign. And you had to fill out a certain amount of ballots and you had to vote for Mavericks. Like low key, as I look back on that shit, that shit probably wasn't even legal. I don't even like the Mavs probably shouldn't even been doing shit like that. But anyway, you had to fill out a certain amount of ballots. And if you did, they let you meet Dirk. And man, he was such a nice dude. Obviously it was a bunch of people lined up. It was me and my girl and it was only supposed to be, it, uh, it's only supposed to be like, if you were two people, you're only supposed to get one picture. And, you know, I asked, can my girl take a picture now in retrospect, seeing, uh, the type of women Dirk like he, he might've been plotting on my lady, but either way it go, he still was real gracious. And, uh, he was really, really gracious and just a nice guy. And like, I've met a lot of athletes, like through my job, through my brother, I've met a lot of pro athletes. I've been around them when no one's around. And pro athletes are, by nature, they're arrogant people. You got to be a very confident person. There's a certain personality type that lends itself to becoming a professional athlete. And that's just not Dirk, man. I, I, you know, I don't know the man like that. I haven't, outside of that one meeting, I've never been around him, but I've met, I've been around other athletes in situations like that. And they weren't as kind and gracious as Dirk. And he's just a good dude. He really is. And uh, I guess I'll go first with listing my favorite memories. Um, for me, I, the cha I, I, I'm going to say one that's not the championship because I think that's the best for all of us. I think that's one that we all share. But for me, uh, my, if it's the non-championship memory, Man, it was, it was when we beat Utah. Um, this is way, way back. This is back in 2001. And we beat Utah. It was Dirk's third season. And we, I hated Utah. I still hate Carl. I hate Carl Malone more than I hate any person that I don't know in real life ever. For the person he was on the court, I hate him the person he was off the court. Um, you know, my dad is a real big Piston fan. He broke Isaiah's face because Isaiah was giving John Stockton 40 when he didn't make the dream team. And lo and behold, the dirty bastard broke Steve Nash's face like 10 years later. He's just a, I hate Carl Malone. He's a bastard. So anyway, 
when we played them in that series, just to kind of shape it, you know, we were a cute team. We were cute. We were the three. I mean, we were the sixth seed. Utah was the third seed. And they were old. They were older. Right. So no one picked us to win. This is the Mavericks. Um, just to kind of shape this for y'all who don't remember where the Mavericks were at. But the Mavericks were the worst team in pro sports in the 90s. And this is 2001. So we finally back in the playoffs. We got Dirk. Um, I don't even think Dirk was the leading scorer. The perception around the league was that Michael Finley was our best player. And it might have been true. I don't know. But because Mike Finley was my guy. I love Mike Finley. He's one of my favorite Mavericks of all time. And when we went into that playoff series, they went up. Uh, I think they won the first two games. And we won three straight. And we this was back when... Uh, the first round was only five games, and Doc Dirk just went nuclear. He was cooking them boys, and that's when you start seeing the flashes. It's like, damn, this dude a little different. And Mike Finley had a good series, and Steve Nash had a good series, but this is – Dirk was – they had no answers for Dirk. And it wasn't just him, like, scoring in isolation. It wasn't just him scoring. He, this was before Dirk was what he was. This was when he was more of a pick-and-pop player or – you know, when he would pick and pop and, you know, the big would close out, he'd just dribble around him and cook. It, it just, no one had any answers for him. And this is where you saw it on a high level and you saw it in like, because people doubted us. Hell, I was a fan. I didn't think we'd beat Utah. They were Utah. They were an institution. They had just came back, you know, they had just made the finals two years in a row and lost to Mike a few years before. So for us to beat them, when Calvin Booth made that layup, um, for those who don't remember how we beat them is Calvin Booth got an offensive rebound and laid the ball in to win him and win in Utah. It was a big upset. Uh, Calvin Booth was also a free agent that offseason. We gave him an insane amount of money for, and he was worse than Dwight Powell. I actually, all jokes aside, I got to look back at his contract, but that was back in 2001, 2002. I did ask think he made like seven eight million dollars that's a lot of money back then and he didn't deserve it but he he won the first playoff series that we had won in like 13 years so that's my number one dirk moment my second one um i don't know how many people remember this exactly but it was the year it was 2006 it was the western conference finals um i was in college at the time so you know, I was I was up in Michigan trying to defend my Mavericks honor because everybody thought Phoenix was going to pop us. Uh, I think it was game because we yeah it was game five, and Tim Thomas, you know, was trying to get rough with Dirk, and this was probably about the second quarter. He got a technical, and him and Dirk got into a little tussle, and you can see it in plain as day. If y'all don't believe me, go and YouTube it. He looked at Dirk and called him, you can see he called him a big-ass pussy, and he blew a kiss at him. And I was just like, oh, this this dude just disrespected the hell out of you, Dirk. And Dirk Warner Nowitzki turned around and gave that man 50. Gave him <laughs> 50. I said, oh, my young boy is ready. Because Dirk was still young at that time. Dirk was only like 25. He's, I think, younger than KP is now. And when he did that, you know, that was always something that we kind of questioned about Dirk. Even if you were a fan, you didn't know if he could stand up to a challenge when guys got, you know, 
dudes used to try to bully him, and he sometimes he couldn't handle the physical play at times, or he wouldn't go right back at him. He would just play his game. He didn't just play his game when that happened. He murdered them. He took it personal, and he packed them boys up. I think we end up going up. I want to say we went up 3-1 when he hit 50. We might have went up 3-2. I don't remember exactly, but those are my two because those, to me, like Dirk winning his first playoff series meant this was real. This was something that was leading to success because the Mavs were so bad when I was a kid that it was like that was real. And then when Dirk just basically murdered Tim Thomas in the state of Arizona because he got called a pussy in TNT. I was like, oh, my guy up to the challenge. So those are my two. Um, I'm really, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I, I bought a ticket to go to the ceremony tomorrow, but I am not dancing with Amarion. I love you, Dirk. Um, I'm going to watch it on TV from the confines of my home. SJ, if you need to plug, because I think it's only coming on Bally, I got you. But I'm not dancing with Amarion. I hope everybody that do go. I hope y'all be safe. Mask up. Um, my boy Mel, happy birthday. I think he going. Uh, stay healthy, my guy. And everybody else is going. I hope y'all get right. But I'm looking forward to seeing my guy get inducted tomorrow. SJ, please share yours. So my, I mean, everyone knows I'm young, so I did not like obviously see a lot of Dirk's like, you know, some of his best moments like live. Um, so, you know, like 2003, 2006, like all those years. Um, I get to see live, but obviously I've watched it back and all that. Um, so in terms of like just strictly talking about moments that I have seen like live and watched, um, I mean. I know you said you weren't going to talk about 2011, but I, I just have to point because since that year was the year I got into it. Oh, it's yeah. Funny because, um, like, back then, I, I'm like, I was like 10, 11. And it's so different back then watching, like, basketball without agendas. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, you know, tapped in on, you know, anything <laughs> like, you know, I didn't know any storylines or anything like that. I was just watching for the game and I, it was the Western Conference Finals, um, game one, we're playing OKC. <laughs> Everyone knows the dirt 48 point game. He just went fucking nuts, bro. <laughs> that has he, what, he made like what, um. He made like what ten straight or was it? He made he, he, ten of eleven or something. He like he went twenty four from twenty four. I was at that game actually. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was. I was I, I, I'll say this. I went to a game every uh, round in the playoffs that year, except the finals. And I kind of regret that playoff run. My memories aren't because I was drunk as hell that whole <laughs> stretch. So I was drunk at halftime, and I remember like asking my boy who I went to the game with, like, did Dirk, has Dirk missed? Because we, you know, in the game, you caught up in the moment, and we looked up, he had only missed one shot. I don't mean yeah, to cut he, you off, but he, at halftime, he had only missed one shot. And he had like 30 or 32. I don't remember the exact amount, but it was crazy. Yeah, he went, I think he went like 10 of 11, maybe 11 of 12. So yeah, you're right about, you're right. Like, he only missed one shot. Um, and he, you know, didn't miss a free throw. He just went nuts. And just that whole series, I love that whole series because, like, everyone, I'm, I remember Ibaka. That's one thing I remember. Um, 
Oh yeah. And he, that Dirk sunned him so bad <laughs> that entire series. It was so embarrassing. Like it was so embarrassing. And I just love that, you know, um, such a dominant like Debaka was a good defender. Like he wasn't like he was barbecue chicken for everybody in the league. Dirk was just different. Um, so that one is um definitely one of my faves. And moving on, I, I was just gonna pick one from the um championship year, but I like a lot of like you know, since I was watching Dirk in his, like, you know, 12 years, I was, um, I watched a lot of, like, his accolades, like, him getting certain accolades, and I just loved um, him getting to 30K. Um, we were playing, who? it was the Lakers. It was the Lakers, yeah. Yeah, we were playing the Lakers. It was, like, second quarter, something like that, and um, he got to 30K, and I, I was just, I was just so happy in that moment because I was just like, wow, like, He's elite, like, you know. Like, oh, well. Yeah, if you're looking at history, like he's in such you know select company and specific company, you're just like, wow, like we really had a dog on our squad. Um, so I just like all those, you know, when he's passing all these different people. I liked um when he passed Wilt for um sixth. We were playing the Pelicans. Was it the Pelicans? I think it was. I think it was. I yeah. feel like I feel like Josh Hart was involved with the yeah, shot. I was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he yeah, he was a jumper. I remember. It was like he was like one of the early because I remember he was only a couple points away and um he took a jumper. It was like early in the game. Um mm-hmm. and he passed um Wilt. And that was just like great because you're like you're like, damn, not only do we have 30k, but now you're like sixth all time. And he's still sixth, um, but it's just um I just enjoyed those moments because, yeah, he wasn't the same, you know, dirt when I was watching, but, like, just to see everyone, like, reminiscing and um, you see all the highlights and just the respect around the league, like, especially his um his farewell, like, tour year, it was so emotional, but, like, it was so, it was so, so feel good because every arena, you know, he's getting standing ovations, you know, it's just different legends are talking about him and all that, and it was just, like, I like to see how many um, people are in the league, like, how much love he has from a lot of people, and I feel like he um, talked to some of my mutuals about it, like, some people who aren't even Mavs fans, and they obviously liked um, Dirk's, like, you know, um, loyalty and stuff like that but I feel like some of them think that they, he might have even inspired some of the younger generations to kind of try to stick it out with the team and you heard Jokic um, last night his mm-hmm. presser when asked about Dirk he was like I really admire that he didn't he said you know and I quote he didn't abandon the team so I feel like some of these young guys and you hear it a lot like Jokic is in the first you hear um oh I forgot who it was but another like young player said the same sentiment like you know, Dirk stayed and I kind of want to do similar things. And it's just, it's just great to see that he's kind of um, the poster guy for like loyalty, you know, along with the Kobe's and the Tim Duncan's and stuff. And that, you know, he was rewarded for that loyalty as well. Cause you know, some guys were loyal and that didn't amount to shit. <laughs> right, know? right, right. Fortunate, but like, you know, it is what it is, which is why that's a part of the reason why I don't personally like, even though Dirk was on my team, I don't bash other guys for wanting to go elsewhere because you can't, you know, having people play with your legacy. You don't let these orgs play with your legacy. But um, getting rewarded for um, being loyal, it, it has to be so sweet. You know, I know Giannis was, you know, I know he feels it. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's, 
No, they they were great. I um, man, it's crazy because it sounds like before I had kids, um, I don't think I've ever shared the story. The only people that know this story are like people that uh, know me for real, for real. I've never mentioned this because I'm lightweight embarrassed, but when I graduated college, um, I was going to either move to Houston where my, where I went to uh, high school and middle school is only in where my mom and stepdad live at is only like an hour from Houston. Dallas is, I never really, even when my parents were in the army and the Mavericks were the, the quote unquote local team that was still two hours away. So when I graduated college, I had, uh, I had been to one, uh, Mavericks game in the AAC because I, I was in Michigan basically from the time the AAC was built until I moved to Dallas. So when I was deciding where I was going to live at, it was, you know, I applied for jobs in Houston and Dallas and I was leaning towards Houston because I was more familiar with Houston. I like Houston. Dallas was something new to me. And uh, I ended up getting a job offer in Dallas and I ended up taking it. And the thing that was a tiebreaker, I was like, man, if I'm going to build my life, if I'm going to be an adult, I want to be able to buy season tickets to watch my team. So, like, when I first got my quote-unquote first real job, I went to a lot of Mavs games. So, I, one thing I'm kind of sick about going, I'm not going to the game tomorrow, is because, like, I was there for 25K. I was there for 30K. 25K was actually versus the Lakers, too, which is crazy enough. And, uh, you know, I was a Laker hater, and freaking Kobe stole the game at the end. Like, if you Google that game or YouTube it, um, Kobe almost got ripped at the end of the game. I think we were up by two, and he he lost the ball, picked it up, shot it from almost damn near out of bounds, and took the lead, and he ruined Dirk's 25K game. That Kobe was a killer. But all those memories, like, just listening to you say them, and even – even like the uh, when we took San Antonio to seven and like fourteen, like just that. Oh was, yeah. Oh my oh, god, that was amazing. That one was great. That one was great. Yeah. Oh my god, we were not like everyone thought that was going to be a a nice little sweep. Just yeah. If anything. Yeah. Um, and we, we we took it to seven. That's yeah. Dude, that's dude, awesome. they they destroyed every team, including the Heat, mm-hmm. after that. But we, they, we, they, we, and if I still argue, you know, I like to lie to myself in retrospect, like anybody else. If Dewan Blair doesn't get uh, suspended, we popped them boys. They ain't had no answers for Dewan Blair. You know, he kicked my man. I get it. He should have been suspended. But if he would have tightened up, we would have popped him. And even when we, uh, when we end up upsetting them, um, when we, they were what the two seed was that in '09? I forget. My memory is getting fuzzy at my old age, but I think it was when we upset them in 09. They ended up getting us back literally the very next year. No, yeah, we were the six seed. They were the three seed. And then we were the two seed, and they popped us the year before we won the championship. But that was fun. And, and Dirk's provided a lot of memories. And young, old, that dude is a, a credit to the game of basketball. And Man, I love that guy, man. Um, 41, we're going to give him his flowers on this pod. I think that's kind of a common theme among Mavs content creators this week. But if anybody deserves it, it's Dirk. 
hell, I don't think any of us still be rocking with the Mavs because the Mavs were a dumpster fire till he showed up from Germany. I mean, I'm a Lions fan. The Mavs were worse than the Lions ever were until Dirk showed up. And he literally put a franchise and, you know, not to shit on the Cowboys, but the Cowboys ain't won a SJU 22. The Cowboys have not won a championship in your lifetime. <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks have. And I know it's a lot of Cowboy fans that's going to listen to this. Look, man, y'all can like them. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to lose in the first round. And they're going to keep providing y'all misery. We can shit on Mark Cuban all we want to, but he's delivered y'all a championship in y'all lifetime. And the Cowboys haven't. So let's, let's, let's give our flowers to Dirk because Dirk did it. And I will give credit to Cuban for not packing them up and trading them for Kobe because I think that was on the table at one point in time, and he didn't do it. it Kobe, it's, I don't even want to think about it, but that's all I got, SJ. Shout out to my guy, Dirk. Did you have anything else you want to add? Nah, just, you know, shout out to Dirk. I'm just going to be real emotional tomorrow, but I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Finally, number 41 is going up into the, the rafters. That's oh, one reason why I'm happy I'm not going, because, uh, like, when he retired his last game, I was straight until he got to the end, and I started crying like a baby. So tomorrow, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sip me a nice beverage, because I know I'm going to start booing. My wife already started making fun of me, because I know I ain't going to be able to handle it. That's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> but, uh, guys, we're going to wrap it up. We thank you all for listening to this. This is another episode of 21 going on 77. Uh, once again, happy birthday to my guy, Mel. Don't dance with Amarion at the game tomorrow. Stay safe, my guy. And um, we will holler at y'all next week. <laughs>